How's it going, everybody? Tom Quiet here. Uh, before we get started with this podcast, I really just wanted to jump on here to give you guys a little bit of a precursor, if you will, to give you a heads up. Um, this podcast is an interview with Dirty Shirts. He's all the way from Boise, Idaho. We sat down and had an amazing conversation about hip-hop, battle rap, and just how musicians need to handle themselves and it's a really amazing conversation. I hope you guys like it. But I just kind of want to warn you, like the first 15 minutes, are we have some technical and connectivity glitches, and I did my best to clean it up as best I could. But if you guys can kind of ride through the first 15 minutes or so of the interview, it's really not that bad because I got a lot of the glitches out. At about the 15 minute mark, things start to pick up and we should be good to go. So just kind of wanted to jump in here, give you guys that precursor, and thank you guys so much for tuning in. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, we are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome everybody to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host Tom Quiet, and I'm sitting here with dirty shirts all the way from Boise, Idaho. You're uh, you're getting ready for a rap battle tonight. So, how how are you? What are you doing to prepare for that? Uh, so prepare for that. Uh, what I've been doing is just really practicing and rehearsing my bars. Um, but um, so these are all pre-written. Uh, we get three rounds each. Um, so all I've been doing is just really focusing uh, pretty much anytime I can in the shower at work. I'm rehearsing my bars. I'm reciting them. Uh, last night I went over to my partner's house and we were getting our motions down, getting the attitude right. Uh, so it's really a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm actually trying not to strain too much my voice today because I got to do a lot of yelling tonight, but it's really just a lot of practice, uh, not really bullshitting people like haven't really been kicking it with anybody. I've been pretty solid there, solituded out myself, just practicing. <laughs> gotcha. Understood. And uh, as far as like the under or as the rep battle scene goes, do you for like for like tonight, do you know who your opponent is or do you find out is it like a draw of the hat when you get there? Uh, so it you do a lot of it's usually you know who it is like tonight. I know who I'm battling. I've been to a few places where they kind of just, you know, it's kind of like that, like a roulette style, you know, you kind of kind of just freestyle off the top and stuff. Yep. But um, so tonight, I know who my own is. It's a dude named Salem out of Washington. So as far as uh, what what's the uh, rap battle scene like in Boise? Uh, in Boise, it's definitely growing. Um, like I, uh, there's a couple leagues. Uh. There's the Eastern Oregon Battle Coalition, and then there's Treasure Valley Battle League. They're, it's getting bigger, slowly but surely. Um, there's been a few hiccup and bumps, you know, along the way, just with any 
business or anything getting started you know mm -hmm. but um I would say it's going pretty good. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see where it come, where it goes because I've always been a fan of battle rap for a good few years now, so it's kind of cool seeing it happen in uh, my neck of the woods, in a sense, you know, like yeah. with Eastern Oregon because uh, Ontario is only like for me, four minutes away from me, and then it's starting to get a little more buzzing around here. So it's just an awesome experience to be a part of and really hope, you know, kind of have my hand in it too you know like a little history in the making out here i'm not overly familiar with a lot of the uh rap battle scene but like obviously i'm familiar with some of the big names that have crossed over into uh mainstream like a lot of the guys that are on wild and out and uh like hollow to dawn and all them guys how are how have how has right. how has those guys crossing over shined up positive light on the uh under or on the uh, rap battle scene have they helped this help the scene or like from your position wh what are your thoughts i mean honestly it's like it's helping the scene for sure uh you know while it's definitely cool and just giving like the rappers because uh the rappers like but they're also helping push it like you know i already know like there's been, like you said, Hollow the Dawn. I think Arsenal's been on there a few times. But, you know, it's it's just a bigger platform, too, because when you're hitting, like, nationwide TV, you know, people are going to be like, oh, who are these guys? And when they look them up, I really think uh, it does help out, you know, having that national platform. How is there, like, a – is there still, like, a URL, like a mainstream organization that's around? Or, like, what's the mainstream – so yeah, uh, URL, it's still a lot going good. Um, they're actually, this past year, I want to say, they've been making a lot of big jumps towards uh, establishing themselves as like nationwide, even though they've been for the most part nationwide. I know they just got in where you can tune in and they get special battles and they just signed a deal with uh, the app Caffeine. Uh, so they're going to be, doing battles on there so it's, it's really cool seeing the evolution of it because uh, they used to just be on dvds where you'd have to get the dvds to watch the battles yeah uh from youtube to pay-per-view and now they have their own app so it's really really cool uh seeing it is that i'm assuming that's like an aspiration for you to get on one of their bills uh maybe one day because uh, there's a few leagues that'd be cool uh okay Honest, to be honest, uh, the reason why I kind of hopped into battle rap is uh, being a fan of hip-hop. Uh, so, to me, it was really something I need to kind of prove to myself, like, you know, this is another factor of hip-hop. I at least got to try. And I had fun the first couple of battles, so I was just like, you know, I might as well do a few more. Uh, so, I, I really do love it. Uh, I, I'm going to be – I don't think I'm going to get – main stages mm -hmm. but you know I, I i can't shoot myself down it's always a possibility but it's just honestly i'm just glad to be a part of the movement here for right now and do the battles i have have done to help put on for the scene out here gotcha understood um so what got you into hip-hop oh man uh, i honestly would probably say my dad to be honest uh Growing up, he was just always into all types of music, you know, like 
one month he would just be super heavy on rock and roll music and then next month he would just be into like uh folk music and blues music like the boards and those kind of bands mm-hmm. but i think it was probably like maybe 12 maybe my teenage years or something but uh he got into rap for a little bit like a crystal method pod and um fat boy slim or fat man scoop one of them but okay. just out of nowhere he started getting into it so i was just like you know i like this stuff right here and my brother just started showing me stuff like a zero bone thugs mac dre and then really really it was signed deal it was just like man this is this is my style of music right here <laughs> yeah understood and um do do you have a do you have somebody or do you play any other types of or do you do any other types of music or is it strictly hip hip hop and rap uh mostly hip hop and uh i've been actually i have a couple songs i'm trying to do a little bit more r&b uh i would really love to do like honestly i kind of just want to touch on like all genres so i'd love to like have my shot like trying to do a country song um, trying to do stuff uh learn how to play the instruments like uh, i took guitar classes but you know nothing really stuck around with me to be able to do anything so i'd really like to pick up an instrument one day and, like just kind of mold myself around anything just be decent at a little bit of instruments because it's just fun i love really anything revolving music i just love it Nice. And um, you had mentioned, I was listening through your memos and what have you, that you're a, a signed artist. Who? What uh, record label did you sign with? What was it 20, 2018, I believe you said? Uh, yeah, uh, actually, that was my fault. Uh, it was 29, it's actually coming uh, my year. So April okay. last year. Okay. Uh, I signed to Too Sick Entertainment. Uh, that's ran by Misery, uh, based out of California. Shout out okay. to all my people, Too Sick Entertainment. But yeah, uh, it's just a cool feeling. Because um, honestly, I've been like, no, I want to do it all my own, independent. I don't want no help. And then <laughs> I think kind of my ego caught up with me, and I was just like, well, sh- I want to be able to do this and this, but I just don't have the resources and everything. You know, I was chopping up with the homegirl misery. Uh, my friend, uh, Flo the Change, she actually, and I was talking, so what's really going on with that? Like, what goes into that? Because I've never asked to sign or been offered to sign, so I don't really know the whole, how far it goes and stuff with being signed. Yeah. But uh, we, we were chopping it up. Me and Misery were chopping it up. She was tossing me stuff that what she does. And she she's a hustler. And I definitely appreciate that in somebody. So that's kind of what sealed the deal for me on that one, too. Just like, look, you grind hard, and I appreciate that. I grind hard, and I think I could be a good fit for y'all. And then we chopped it up. And like that, uh, she came down on one of her tours. And, that, and just like magic. <laughs> nice. And uh, you you said or you'd mentioned that you had a couple of uh, tours coming up, national tours coming up this year. Uh, wh- yeah, what's... Uh, 
what, how did that all get started? What's the, where, what, where are you headed? You know, all that fun stuff. No, of course. Uh, so the first tour uh, I'm doing is with uh, my brother, Ace Flow, uh, my brother, Higher Thinking, and the other brother, Zero. Um, so that one is just going to be more of a little Northwest tour because that tour is actually one that, for the most part, uh, we put together ourselves with the help of Misery. Okay. So this is kind of all of our almost like beginning tour together, like as far as putting in our own work. So that one's super excited. We're going to be hitting uh, a few Oregon dates, Washington, Idaho, Montana. So that one's going to be a fun Northwest run. And then October, uh, me and Misery are going to be hitting the road for the Hardly Sober Part 2 tour. And I'm super stoked for that one. Uh, we're going to Florida, like from starting in San Diego, hitting almost everywhere across all the way to Florida uh up to the midwest and back oh nice so i'm honest i'm honestly super stoked for this one uh because last year uh we did uh another tour in misery loves company tour and we went from you know started in san diego texas louisiana uh all the way up to new york and it was just an amazing experience nice um are you, I'm assuming you guys are planning on coming through Texas? Oh, yeah. Awesome. If you guys uh, come through Waco, make sure you hit me up and let oh, me know. Oh, for sure, for sure. Because that and Ros, or if you're in Roswell, New Mexico, or if you come through New Mexico at all, I'm pretty sure I can get you set up there as well. All right. Well, shoot. Maybe after this, I'll have to try and hit you up and get some links because uh, we're always looking to get linked up places if we can. Yeah. I know... In New Mexico, the Juggalo scene is pretty huge, but there's also, like, down in southeast New Mexico, there's a pretty decent hip-hop scene starting to brew, so that's always exciting. Hey, that works out. Uh, Hey, I love my Juggalo fam. I got the hatchet tatted on my chest, so I'm with it. Nice. Awesome. Um, As far – where are you at uh, writing-wise right now as far as for, like, an album or releasing singles? Uh, so I actually have a couple singles uh, in the chamber. One of them uh, I have coming out, probably my next one is called Open Your Mind. Uh, that's with an artist from New Mexico. He goes by MCX. Okay. And then it's going to be uh, another homie from Philadelphia, the Brain Cell. And I'm actually getting one of the DJs around here, Spin Master Mugen, to put scratches on it. Nice. Uh, so I have a few singles lined up while I'm working on my album. Um me and Spin Master Mugen, actually, uh, I'm going to be working side by side with him as far as because uh, he makes beats as well. So I'm going to have him fully produce. I want him to fully record. And uh, we're probably going to do just like something small for right now, kind of get the vibes going, like a little five track. But that's my goal for this year is uh, I really want to find a producer who I can work with hands on, like side by side. Uh, a lot of the tracks I've done I went to like a few different studios just trying to find you know see what the engineers can do and stuff and uh what Mugen has done for me I really love and appreciate his work so and we just click on a whole nother level like he's one of my best friends uh outside of music too so uh I think we're just gonna have fun and we're gonna try and get some drop either after the July tour hopefully try and get it out before we hit the 
nation tour in October. Awesome. Um, and what's, what's, when you sit down to write, are you writing your lyrics first or do you usually have a beat and then you decide, okay, I like this beat with these lyrics kind of what's your writing style like? Uh, it, it's honestly a little bit of both. Uh, Cause I, I have a, like, uh, I have a good few bit of writings, you know, where it's just like, I was written for other beats, but they got scrapped or just writing cause I was bored. Uh, so sometimes I do the method where I just try to match up, uh, my lyrics to the BPM of the beat, you know, but sometimes that doesn't always work out. So I really, I think honestly, I do it always. Like sometimes I'll just hear a beat and it'll just like, yo, I need to write to this right now. So I'll just get to writing. Or sometimes I'll just have lyrics and a beat will come on and I'll just like start rapping. And I was like, oh, that actually fits pretty well, you know? So, mm -hmm. I got uh, you. yeah, so I'm just trying to do it all. But uh, I, would, I guess the main way I would do it, I'd say mostly is I have to hear the beat first because I had to get the the emotion of the song, I guess. Like gotcha. I have to really kind of feel what I'm hearing. Will you already have like an idea for a song and then you'll select the beat and then write the song to that beat? Or is that kind of how it works or? Uh, I, I guess my process is I, I just go through the beats um, and I just kind of listen and serenade on them because sometimes a beat will just, I've had beats where just like, uh, this one's not really cool, but then I'll come back on it like a week later and like, oh, I, I feel this now. Uh, so I usually I usually hear the beat, kind of let it soak in my brain real quick, um, and then yeah, pretty much how I'm feeling there. Uh, but if it's a feature, I like doing features too because I'll have an idea for a song, and then I'll go to my buddy's house and be like, "Oh, here, check this out. Here's how I feel," and they'll be like, "Oh, I don't know. This kind of gives me this feeling." And then like when I hear it and what they said and put it to the B, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, that actually does kind of sound like have a better tune to it. So I definitely rely on my friends a lot too. You know, like I'll show them and give them my ideas on it and then they'll uh, shoot back their ideas too. And, you know, sometimes theirs are better than mine. Sometimes I just stick with my idea, but. Gotcha. Perfect. Um, and so as, as you're kind of preparing for your rap battle tonight, what what's what's going through your head right now as you're kind of preparing for that oh uh <laughs> don't choke that's <laughs> that's my main thing that's my biggest worry every time because like when in the rap battles there's no beat or anything so mm -hmm. if you if you fuck up they're gonna hear you mess up you know yeah gotcha and um and basically just have confidence is that another major important part of it because oh yes majorly important um because people can hear the confidence in your bars and if if you don't believe your bars you're not going to convince anyone else you know uh mm -hmm. so that's why like with my buddies i've been practicing i've been you know i finally feel good about them like because i think everyone goes through it they write something it's just like no i don't like it but you know we're all our own worst critics yeah that is true so i spit them to my friends and a lot of them said they really liked it so that gave me definitely a confidence boost like 
okay, maybe I'm not writing trash. Maybe I'm not about to send myself to the slaughter right now. Yeah. And how often do you uh, do like a rap battle? Is it a weekly thing or is it how often do you perform? Uh, for me, as far as rap battles, I try to do them every couple months. Um, cause me personally, I am horrible at trying to write stuff right off the fly. Gotcha. So, uh, I do them every couple months, uh, this year with having a few more tours set up, uh, I'm probably going to be doing this battle and then one more battle in April. And then I'll probably focus more on, uh, music and then just really depending how it goes uh maybe if there's an end of the year event i might hop on that one see what's up with it but uh as far as that uh i'll probably just do a couple more battles this year i'm gonna be hosting one in july as well nice that was actually leading nice little lead into my next question um what uh how do you balance your rap battling career with your regular hip hop career? How how do you like how hard is it to balance that? Uh to me I feel it's very hard uh not as far as shows per se but as far as writing new material uh cuz when I get into the rap battle that's 100% my focus. I'm spending all my energy and uh writing into the rap battles. So it kind of breaks away from me writing other songs. But, you know, there's been a few times where I just was burnt out on it. And I would go to a friend's house and we would smash out a track right there, you know. But yeah. uh, it's really difficult for me because I, I try to give everything I do 100%. Uh, how big, how little, it doesn't matter. And okay. with rap battles, it's because it is related to music. And I don't want to give myself a bad look anywhere in the music, like, no matter what it is, so I'm giving it 1,000%, so I I feel it's really hard for me just as far as, like, if I want to just work on my project with Spinmaster Mugen, I'd have the battle in the back of my head, like, oh, you know, I should be practicing, I should be writing, I should be critiquing and tightening it up. Gotcha. Um, how'd you get uh, introduced to Spinmaster Mugen? How'd you start building that relationship? Oh, man, uh, I honestly feel one of the first times I met him, uh, I'm pretty sure we met in shows. I'm pretty sure uh, he was DJing probably a few of the shows we performed at. And, you know, a lot of the people, a uh, little tip for everybody, y'all need to respect the DJ, introduce yourselves to him. Because uh, I was on, I'd, like, me and my buddy would always do, like, from the sound guy to the bartender owner we'd make sure we introduce ourselves to everybody. And Spin Master Mugen, you know, he was one of them. We introduced ourselves. I feel either it was one of the shows or it was a beat battle he was in because um, I wanted to support him. Uh, I really love his stuff. So uh, me and my buddy shot out there just to go support. And, you know, really from there, I'm pretty sure it was in the bag. He's just like, bro, you know, like, I appreciate you coming out. And he's just like, you know, it's all love. Like, you're dope. I'd love to see you win this. And then really from there, we just slowly been steady talking and then actually hung out besides music and yeah, just built just a really good friendship and bond all together. That's, that's awesome. Um, but that also kind of spawned the next question. 
Um, one of the things we like to do is help inspire young musicians. We want to make sure that we're cultivating the next generation of musicians, give them advice, make sure they're doing things, not like what we would consider, what I would consider the right way, but maybe like uh, not necessarily make sure they're getting into it for the right reasons and make sure that they uh, have a nice, like solid foundation so that they don't come in and start acting like a drama, drama whore and start ruining their career before they even get one. So my question to you is, what advice do you have for young hip hop artists looking to start performing or break in on the scene? Uh, uh, number one, I just had to say be respectful. Um, Cause that's on out here. A lot of people like will shit on each other's music or just think they're top dog and everything. And it's just like, okay, like, but what are you doing? You know, like you can talk all this stuff, but you're doing nothing to prove it. So I think definitely like just being respectful and humble, that'll get you so far in music career. Like a lot of people like my bars, I don't think they're the best, but you know, I'm just a humble dude and people respect me and my craft just off of me being nice, you know, like, so I really feel for the younger generation. I think it's just respecting the other artists around you, respecting the venues and everything like, the DJ, like I was mentioning earlier, because I've had DJs tell me like, yo, homie didn't inter- like even introduce himself to me. So I'm just walking off the stage like when they come up so they can figure out their own music. Yeah. And it's just like, and I and I can respect that, you know, because you can't just treat people like, you know, yeah. you own them like, oh, I'm performing tonight. You have to play. It's just like, no, yeah. I don't. I'm the DJ. So I can yeah. choose if you perform or not. Yeah, exactly. Um what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, shoot. Uh, probably. Hmm. That's really tough. Uh, probably saw me and my buddies honestly kind of made up together. Uh, it's a little movement we have uh, called show love, grow love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really just, it's just showing love and, you know, just supporting each other that's really the best probably advice I've ever really gotten is just having love for your fellow artists, your fellow dreamer and just supporting them any way you can even. Cause I support a ton of people out here and half of those people don't even care to take a second to share my music or anything like that. But you know, it's all good. I'm not tripping on that cause I have love for the scene out here. So, yeah, you know, like a lot of the artists have this crab in the bucket mentality. And if so, they see someone getting free, they're going to try and bring them down. But mm-hmm. it only I, takes one person to get free to really get us all out of there. You know? Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that in a lot of scenes and not to like point out specific independent scenes, but I've seen it where one person gets an in at a specific venue and plays gatekeeper. And then if, somebody's not willing to bow down to them they just kind of burn their entire or try to burn their entire career and it's like yo that's not how you build a scene that's not you know exactly you you gotta support everyone regardless no exactly and I've definitely seen that out here you know and uh, I think that kind of falls back to the line of the respect thing too you know like because there's some artists out here who do have like venues on lock but 
they won't ever let anyone else perform unless it's them and it's just like all right guys well that's cool you guys say you got love for the scene but you're not trying to help anybody out yeah exactly and then or if you got somebody bringing in like a national or a national touring act that can really draw and by putting a local opener on it they help that person's career but there's a lot of there's some venues that i've seen that won't do that like exactly and i was gonna actually say too uh that's how i feel there's this venue out here uh the knitting factory uh Mm -hmm. any national touring artist uh you know they put my homie zero on there and i'm not trying to hate on zero you know that's my boy right there yeah it's just crazy that the knitting factory just doesn't really give other people a chance to do it you know it's just like no zero's dope but give another artist a chance you know like do your research see who's putting in work out here try to help them out but Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is right now you know like (laughs) yeah there's really not much you can do as far as venues like because the venues are going to choose but you know i'm still fighting still trying to make my way in there yeah and i mean it's one of those things where if they have like a legit reason where it's like oh, we didn't feel like they fit the bill or they weren't really what we were looking for. I get that. But when it's the same act every show and that same act is playing two or three times a month for every opener, then it becomes an issue. Like, Yeah. And like I said, uh, no disrespect to my boy Zero. Like, he's the Knitting Factory's go-to person, you know? Like, And I respect that, you know? He's put in his work to get to that level. Now it's just to the point, like, you know, try and help someone else to get to that level, too. Because, you know, could you imagine, like, not only having one really good person, but having a few good people, you know, and Mm -hmm. then doubling maybe yourselves, you know, like. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, I have seen, I not to defend, like, the venues and whatnot, but I have seen it where it backfires. I have this uh, buddy who has a band and they done a couple of shows for a venue in New Mexico. And he's said like, Hey, these guys like spread the love. So like his band stepped aside and said, Hey, these guys would be great for this band. And then that band shits the bed because they weren't ready or they weren't professional or whatever. And it's like, yo, sometimes yeah, like, it's definitely a two-way street, uh, and that's kind of what I was saying, too. Like, I feel uh, venues, I think they kind of need to do their research, too, and see who's... Who's ready. It, that, yeah, that's happened out here a few times, you know? There's been a few shows where it's just, like, oh, new new artists around here got on one of the big shows. He mm-hmm. gets there, but he doesn't have a DJ or anything to do mm-hmm. his music, so he kind of... You know, he did all that work, but he wasn't prepared himself. So it's just like, well, you know, you need to be ready for any type of situation almost. And then so they're out of opener, you know, so it's kind of makes the venue look bad. Like, okay, well, what's going on? Yeah, I gotcha. Um, What's one thing that you've learned throughout your career so far that you wish you would have known when you got started? Uh. Probably just, honestly, probably saving money. That's something I really wish 
I did a lot more of. I think I was spending more money to try and get on cool shows, like just for the name and possible exposure. Uh, I wish I would have invested more into studio equipment and that sort of stuff. So I feel I kind of did myself kind of bad on that one. I don't regret it, but if I could go back, I probably wouldn't invest so much in doing certain shows. Thank you for saying that. I've been trying to tell there's a lot of hip hop acts that come to me or my buddy, Jeff, Jeff, just for context, Jeff's the audio engineer that does a lot of our uh, live, uh, live uh, music performances. Um, Okay. So he's like the audio engineer. um, And we get a lot of these hip hop acts that come in and tell us who they've played for. And it's like, so this one guy's like, yeah, I got to play for Stevie Stone. And it's like, oh, yeah? What did you what'd you get out of it? It's like, nothing. It cost me $1,000. Exactly. Like, it's like, why are you paying to be on a set? Like, that makes absolutely no sense. Like, if it's a deal where you're not getting paid, but you're not paying anything, okay, yeah, that sucks. But, you know, I've seen a whole no. bunch of different other ways to do that that work and not paying you know yeah i totally feel you there like and i think that was the thing too uh a lot of people like you know some stuff it's like you know pay to play that's it's a thing you know we're not gonna avoid it uh you just gotta kind of pick and choose like a lot when the big names come out here i get messages like oh if you drop you know like you said drop us 500 bucks you can open up yeah. All right, well, do I get tickets to sell to make my money back? Do I get anything? No, you just pay and you can perform. And the crazy one thing that I learned is a lot of that's not even the artists themselves demanding that money. It's whoever the promoter is. Exactly. And that's why it's just such a shady game sometimes because mm-hmm. it's just like they're trying to get money in their pocket and just like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, because there, there was a couple of times that uh, we – live and amplified almost got taken but luckily we don't have the money to be thrown around like that there was a time where lazy bone was going to be playing in southeast new mexico and i was talking to the uh, promoter or whoever to set up an interview and they wanted a thousand dollars to do the interview and i'm like i ain't paying a thousand dollars for a 15 minute interview it ain't worth it and then there was, exactly. you know, and then there was another guy that came through part of like Tech Nine's crew, like he's part of that whole um, thing. And right. it like the promoter was trying to hold me up for five hundred dollars to do the interview, and I'm like, dude, you're struggling to sell tickets as it is. Like, if anything, I'm gonna help you move tickets, not, you know. Exactly. And I, I found out one of the from one of the guys closer to uh i can't think of the name of the the uh act that was playing but i knew a couple of guys on the inside and he's like dude you could have drove to albuquerque he would have given you two hours and it wouldn't have cost you anything i was like well had i known that i would have went to albuquerque and so now i'm just sitting here fighting with a promoter that's trying to hold me up for money yeah and that's the thing there's there's so many janky promoters like who just want that little bit, like, and that's what makes it so bad, like, sad, too, is just, like, 
they'll they'll do it for the most petty thing like oh you know like i just want to go meet homie you know i'm opening up i'd love to get a picture with him sorry he charges 200 bucks for it doesn't matter who you are just like bro i just opened up for you i sold hell of your tickets like almost got it sold out i can't even get a picture with them yeah sorry man that's messed up and that probably not even the artist that's the promoter yeah, you know, just trying to get some money in his pocket. Like, because a lot of the artists I've met are usually pretty chill, you know, and just like, oh, yeah, no worries, you know, like, come back, you know, let's kick it, actually. And it's just like, oh, for real? Yeah. Homie out front was just trying to try and pull some stuff wool over my eyes. And it's just like, ah, you know, and I, I think it's crazy, too, because I feel sometimes the artists know it, too, but, but they just kind of shrug it off like, oh, really? Okay, I'll talk with them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, it is funny. But um, what, what outside of when you're not performing, what are you doing for fun? Like, what do you do to relax when you don't have to worry about the music industry? Uh, honestly, just spending time with my family. Because uh, I work a full-time job, and then with the music, I rarely get time to kick it uh, with my girl and my daughter, so... You know, we do have our one day. Sundays is usually both our days off, so I try not to book anything for Sundays and, mm-hmm. you know, just turn off our phone or just hang out together all day, have our family day. Um, that's that's about it, to be honest. Uh, you know, I play some video games sometimes. I'm not really as into it as I used to be. Yeah. But really, that's that's what I like to do for fun is just kick with my family and friends, to be honest, like just... Yeah. Not on the move, actually, just being able to kick it in one spot. Yeah. That's the, cra- the crazy thing about video games is, like, you see all these kids that are making millions of dollars, and it's like, dang, I used to play video games just as hardcore as them. And I then, know. <laughs> then my, my, my mom's like, you better, get off that, you better get off that PS2, you know? And it's like, okay, you know, because being 14 years old, what am I going to say? No. Hey. exactly that's it's, how i was with super smash brothers just like i was oh, i was so good at that game and like i could only imagine if i had like the same amount of love and skill for that game now as i did now like yeah. then then now it's just like oh man i could be i could quit rapping if i wanted to yeah <laughs> you know and then like even like the let's plays and all that stuff that you can do on youtube it's like dang I like I did one random one because uh, a couple years ago my sister bought me one of those uh, Super Nintendo classics, and I was like, right. you know what, that's cool. So I did started like a Twitch account and all that stuff, and was like, let's try something different. Like I'm doing the live and amplified thing, and that's cool and that's fun, and I love it. But I also want to re-explore my love for video games because like up until like 2012. It was video games all the time. I was in college. Me and my buddies were playing like Call of Duty, GTA, you know, all that stuff. And then once I got out of college, it was like, I got other stuff I got to do, drop the video games, and I wanted to re-explore it. So, you know. But no, for us, sometimes you need to do that too. Like, because yeah. I definitely... I've I've got myself immersed in the games like uh that one that Apex Predators when I had okay. internet for a little bit I downloaded that and I was in that game for like maybe a day straight <laughs> like wow. yeah I would like play it when I would wake up put my headset on just get into it because I just 
haven't played a game in a long time and I really like the shooting game. So I was like, okay, this is pretty fun, you know, like, yeah. And then just like say quick as I got into it, I was out of it. I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of bored now. Like, yeah. <laughs> On the, that That's the thing is like, as you grow older, it's just kind of like, okay, I got other stuff I'd rather be doing, you know? Exactly. And, and then all- I'm pretty sure with yourself being as busy, you know, like, cause what goes through my head when I play a video game, like, and I look like, Oh, I've been on it for an hour. Just like, well, shoot, I could have been, Doing, doing this for an hour anything, <laughs> like, i could have been doing anything else for an hour yeah but i i chilled here and played video games <laughs> yeah um one th- other thing that we've i've really started looking into is the importance of mental health because i think that's something that not enough people talk about as far as right. especially as far as like musicians go and being making yourself an, essentially an open book emotionally when you're out there performing is that something right. that you've looked into or uh, for- it is um because i tried to because myself i actually do deal with uh depression and uh son growing up in my life uh the male stigmatism like you know oh you need to be tougher like you're having a bad day men don't cry that kind of stuff you know yeah. that's i grew up with that kind of stuff so it's just like when I finally went to a doctor to talk to him about it, they were just like, yeah, you have like a case, you know, you have depression. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a really hard pill for me to swallow. Like, nah, like that can't be real, you know, like, cause I would just always had that mindset that honestly, you know, depression and all that stuff wasn't real. It was just a bad day. Yeah. Uh, one of my songs, uh, off the n- new album, I just dropped with my buddy. It's called into the deep. Uh, I feel I really touch well on that because it's like a, you know, on the outside people may know me, but really behind the mask, you guys have no idea what I'm going through. Like yeah. the struggles I'm dealing with, you know, like, you know, even something minute, like something little goes wrong in the day. Like I'm, I'm upset, you know? Yeah. And that that's why I try not to, because what's going, how I perceive things and how you perceive things are two different things. And it also depends on what's going on through our head. Cause you don't know, like, I don't know what you went through 20 minutes before you logged in and we started this podcast. You could have just had like the worst argument ever with your girl. Like, I don't know. And so like, anytime I get into a, I don't want to call it like a heated conversation, but like a spirited conversation. I try and just pull myself back and just let them speak their piece and not hold it against them because you like mental space is such a huge thing and taking things out of context can only hurt that. I totally agree. Um, Like for like growing up in South suburbs of Chicago and growing up in South Chicago, um, I kind of went through a lot of the stuff you were talking about, about the being a big tough dude and standing up for what's yours. And like, especially in high school where I went to high school, the, uh, the uh, big motto was show no love love will get you killed type situation. Yeah. And, I had to kind of suck up a lot of stuff and that messed me up for a really long time. And luckily I've kind of been able to sort through a lot of those. And so things are a lot better than they were about 10 years ago. No, I totally feel you there. 
you know, and it's just like, even if, even if it just helps one person, like, I just want to start really talking about mental health and making sure people know like, Hey, it's going to be all right. No, I, I feel you 100%. And that's honestly, like, if someone's being rude to me, like, that's why I treat everybody like, because I don't know, like you were saying, I don't know their situation you're going through in your life right now. So I have, I can't have no hate to you. I don't know what you're going through. Yep. And that's why I try to periodically drop on my personal Facebook or my main page, like, hey, if anyone needs to talk, I, I am an open ear. Like, no one should mm -hmm. ever go through anything alone because I've done that a lot myself. Like, I've been through a lot of traumas alone, you know, that would have yep. helped me out so much if I had someone just to just even cry to or just like sit in silence with just knowing I had someone there in my corner, you know? So I yep. always try to let people know like, Hey, like anyone can talk to me. Like, I don't really care if I'm not a fan of you. If someone needs, if you need to talk, like holler at me, like, you know, we all need someone to talk to. Yeah. Very true. Um, so what we, one one thing that popped into my head about your uh, battle rap career, and I kind of want to ask this question: Have you ever delivered a line that inspired a song? Ooh, that's an awesome question. Uh, I honestly feel like I have. I would actually had to go back because after the battle rap, like, because another reason I like doing it is because I really feels it. Uh, works my mental muscle because with mm -hmm. battle rap like we were talking earlier it's acapella so they're listening to every single word so you really have to be very descriptive or you know make it very accurate so mm -hmm. i think if not inspired by them i think it definitely helped draw out my creative side to new songs or old beats that i've heard and be like okay now that i've heard it like uh maybe not using the same lines but something similar like you know what I'm saying? Yep, I get you. That's, I, it was just something that popped into my head, and because it, it's like, I can only, I can imagine like a scenario where you say something, and then in the back of your head, it's like, oh, let's catalog that one because that was good. I could turn that into something completely beyond of this rap battle. Exactly, like, uh, and that's why I really love about it because it's a lot of uh, similes and metaphors and all that stuff, and. Like, when I hear some of the stuff, it's just like, oh, okay, how can I compare that, this one, and kind of give it that revamp? So, I'll definitely say lines, maybe not directly, but I would say definitely uh, a lot of the battle rap stuff that I have wrote has probably inspired uh, a different take on what I rap about or how I rap it. Gotcha. Um, what Let's kind of go back to what got you into hip-hop and all that stuff um what what would you say your uh style do you have like a style that you've modeled yourself after or people say oh you sound like this guy do you have like a um i would me personally uh i guess the style is just a. Uh, I guess i have an unorthodox style i've been okay. told that a few times like uh I don't, I don't have like super serious where I'm like, uh, the vernacular Dracula coming after you, you know, like, yeah. I don't have like a formula like that. It's just one, I'm not afraid to say what I want, you know, like, you know, even if I'm talking about like, 
you know, example of what I was talking about. I'm about to drop it like a pooper, so you know, like, yeah. I want to be afraid to say that in my rap just because people might think different, like, oh, well, that's kind of stupid. Why would you say something like that? Yeah. So uh, I think I'm very unorthodox. Uh, I've heard a lot. I have a very uh, East Coast sound, okay. which is really weird because I never really grew up jamming a lot of East Coast artists. It was more dance, uh, the Southern artist. Yep. Uh, so I think it really depends. Like uh, when I was with my group, uh, Rhythm and Rhyme, me and my homie Deceased, uh, it was strictly, for the most part, hip hop. And I think if anything, that's probably where people get where I sound from the East Coast because I was like trying to get very lyrical and still have my own little style and swag to it. And, you know, East Coast rappers, they're very, they're very descriptive and lyrical with what they do. Yeah. And then I think as far as me branching off and going solo, I think I feel more, my songs have been more loose and laxed. So mm -hmm. I think that's where my, the Southern is coming out. It's just like, you know, I'm just yeah. trying to have fun, do this, like, let's go. Yeah. Is actually i really like the way you answered that because you didn't name like a specific person you named you said like so, uh like sections of hip-hop i guess is the best way to describe it because it always it, it kind of drives me a little nuts when like especially in like football and stuff it's like oh patrick mahomes he's the next john elway or some you know something like that right. and it's like no, he has John Elway tendencies, not, you know, it, and, exactly. you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, he's not, why can't he be the first Patrick Mahomes, but he has a playing style, you know? Yeah, you know, uh, I think kind of like a, when Colin Kaepernick was still playing, a lot of people were saying like, oh, he's the next uh, Joe Montana. It's just like, no, he has like a style like Joe Montana. Yeah but he still has like his own way he does things, you know? So. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I really like the way you answered that. And it, it just kind of like, I mean, I guess it was also the way I phrased the question as well. So, um, but what, what's the plan? We've talked a lot about what you're doing currently, what you, what your past is what's your plan moving forward where do you want to take your career uh is there hopes of an album like uh so as far as my plans for my career uh album is definitely going to be in the works for sure uh actually just became a brand ambassador for this uh neon brand clothing which i'm very excited for uh this will be a new step a new adventure i've never really had the chance to do before so i'm very excited for that one awesome. and um really i just uh like i said in a previous interview it's just i'm just trying music for me is personally to express myself how mm -hmm. i feel if it helps somebody i really hope it does that's always the goal and i want people to i guess my main message is just like be yourself like do what you love doing and don't be afraid to do it even if people look at you different you know yeah. So I I think really is just uh just having fun with the time I'm here trying to help anybody I can out and then you know yeah with I this get I get it. Um and you're not from I was you're not originally from Boise, right? 
Uh, no, I was, I'm originally from California. I was born in uh, Vallejo, California, and then moved to Fairfield for like the first six, seven years of my life. But I've been here since like six or seven, so I consider myself from here. <laughs> okay. And uh, what brought what brought you out to Boise? Was it just, obviously the family brought you out there, but was it just job related or? Uh, yeah, because uh, I think honestly, maybe before we moved there, I'm not too sure because uh, my dad, he worked for the army. Uh, so oh, okay. he went to Saudi Arabia, I think, uh, helping the shipping yards out there. So. I think we were in, at like a coastal place. I want to say maybe Texas, like for about six months, maybe. Okay. But um, yeah, it's pretty much just work, uh, and then just family-related issues. Gotcha. Uh, my grandparents and stuff. So I believe they want to move closer and be closer with them. So I think that was a a bigger reason of why we moved to Idaho. Gotcha. And what? How's uh? What for the people that have never been to Boise? What's the uh, music scene like out there? No, it's it's awesome. <laughs> there really is a bunch of talented people. Uh, I'd I'd probably say it's more uh, rock uh, and heavy metal based around here. Uh, mm -hmm. There's still a ton, you know. There's I'm pretty sure just like in every place, there's like hundreds of rappers here, you know, or people trying to rap, but. Uh, they're you know and just like everywhere there's a handful of them that are really good and you know i try to support everyone good or bad you know like i would never shit on anyone chasing their dreams but yeah i'd say it's a pretty good scene here uh like for anyone touring uh trying to come through i think it really just depends on who you put on this show if you're trying to get a crowd or not um because yeah. there's some artists who pretty much just come to the show they won't sell tickets or promote they'll just come to the show perform and they even bounce after their performance so that's not good yeah it's that's why son and i try to do i always tried to like when i was on the road like uh any opening acts that we had for us i tried to stand up front and support every single one of them yeah exactly that's good um and you're headed where's your uh, performance tonight uh it's in ontario oregon okay and how far of a drive is that uh, that's just like a 40 minute hour drive for me. Oh, okay. Yeah, so not, it's, it's, it's a not, blessing to be that close to Oregon. <laughs> yeah. And how is that something you do or do you travel to Oregon for performances a lot or is it mainly just for like the rap battle stuff? Uh, recently it's been kind of getting more and more, uh, cause one of my friends, uh, Psycho Flores, uh, who runs Eastern Oregon Battle Coalition. Uh, he actually became the event booker for the place a lot of the performances are going at. And mm -hmm. anytime if like I hit him up like, hey, you got son a free slot on this or anything, like it's usually always loving you. Like, yeah, just come through, bro. You already know I got you. So recently it's, because uh, just I feel in the past six months is kind of Ontario has been getting more shows uh, mm -hmm. as far as hip hop is going. So I've been trying to make it out there as much as I can and do my shows out there if I can too. So nice. I, I'd say, cause Ontario is really just a small town. Uh, they had one of their uh, weed shops open up and one of the guys, they brought Snoop Dogg out and almost shut down the city. <laughs> like, oh, wow. That's how small it is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Um, 
but yeah, uh, what's, what's, uh, just, just kind of to recap everything. Cause you've gone through so many different acts in your career. What, what's like the history of your musical career? Like from your solo to your rap battle stuff. And then you mentioned earlier that you were in a group. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I guess the beginning of it, the very beginning, um, so when I was 18, uh, I wanted to kind of do solo stuff. So I was recording songs on my video camera and uploading them on MySpace. And they're horrible. I hated yeah. those. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, so I moved because uh, I was living in Oregon at the time. I moved back home. And then uh, a group of my buddies, we went out to the Gathering of the Juggalos in Illinois. And okay. on the way there, my cousin was hyping me up to one of our mutual friends because he's he was a rapper too and he was actually performing that year at the gathering mm -hmm. what and year he was, was just like what year was that? Uh, 2013 i think it was the last year it was at cave and rock yeah actually i almost got media passes but i think it was for 2012 because i'm from illinois and i went to school about an hour and a half south of cave and rock and oh, that's my, what's up. my buddy was a news reporter got media passes and i was like oh let me see if i can get media passes and i did but uh i got some information from another buddy that i probably shouldn't go so i was like all right and you know i was like 21 dumb didn't know any better so i was just like all right i'll believe you and hey it, it happens you know but no, uh, so you did the, you were at the Gathering of oh. the Juggalos, yep. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, we're at the Gathering on the way back, like, the cousin is talking me up to our homie, just like, oh, you guys should rap together, you guys should rap together. So, on our way back, uh, it was me, deceased, uh, the homie, Murderface, the Butcher, and there was actually supposed to be a fourth member of our group, uh, the Dead Blood Master, but uh, just some stuff happened. He wasn't able to make it as much as me and Deceased were. So he kind of just was just like, no, it's cool. You know, I'm, I'll let you guys do your thing. You guys are getting it down. Yeah. So we were a group. Uh, we called ourselves Hellfire Click. Uh, we're into the horror core scene, you know. But uh, what I really liked about our group is because, you know, I'm, I'm a juggalo. I love the horror core music. But I I wasn't really trying to spit all that. I'll chop your head off, all that stuff, you know. I still wanted to have my originality to it, so I felt that's how we did so good, too. Like, because we had a yeah. little bit of success, you know. Like, we weren't crazy popping or anything, but as far as I want to say, like, maybe the Boise horrorcore music scene, you know, we got relatively known real fast. Yeah. And because uh, my buddy Deceased, he's very lyrical. Like, he's very smart with his words. Me, I kind of had more of the style, the swagger i guess and then our buddy jake he was more strictly core core gotcha. so just all of us together kind of just blended in and made something really nice uh we recorded like 20 tracks we're about to put it out and then we went to a show uh gore fest to perform and performance went good but the whole trip it was just bad like everyone was fighting with each other uh it was just a whole situation. So yeah. when we got back, me and my buddy uh, deceased, we were talking and 
we were a little heated at the time, you know, not even going to lie, but we were just like, well, shoot, man, like, I don't want to ever do that again. I don't want to have to deal with that. So we were talking and just like, well, bro, I still want to rap. Like, I don't know about you. And we both wanted to do the thing still. And we were just like, but we got to break away from horrorcore, you know, like it, we got to keep it real with ourselves. And then uh, we were honestly chilling at another one of my cousin's house and <laughs> uh, we were smoking weed in the bathroom and we came up with the name Rhythm and Rhyme and we just started writing, you know, like I made us a set, uh, or no, I booked us a show and we had no songs wrote pretty much. So it was just like, well, we got to come up with like six songs real quick in like three weeks. Okay. So that's kind of the birth of Rhythm and Rhyme. Uh, and then as far as Rhythm and Rhyme goes, we were going strong for probably about like three years or so. And honestly, I felt uh, we were one of the top artists out here as far as being entertainers. Like, mm-hmm every show we had just such great like great balance with each other we were fun on stage uh we brought a lot of energy to the crowd and i think that's something that really helped us put us up there too because we're getting more into the entertainment side yeah excuse me entertainment side of it um and then i think that's one thing a lot of musicians underestimate is the entertainment aspect of it yeah, I I totally 100% agree because anyone can get up on stage and like rap into a mic, you know, but are you moving around? Are you having fun? Are you joking with people? Like, yeah, some people just get up on stage, just spit their words and get off. It's just like, you know, you had cool stuff. You just, you didn't do anything that drew me into you, you know, like I could just listen to your CD like at home if I wanted to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Sounds like a Hollywood Undead set. I mean, who said that? <laughs> but, no, uh, that little white lip syncer. <clears throat> actually, I, but I remember when my buddy introduced me to Little White, and it's like I saw I didn't even I've never even been to one of his concerts, but I went and saw something online, and I was like, "Oh, this is terrible." Yeah, the first time I actually saw him was at the gathering, and like he was just so tore up, like the song was going and he just had the mic by his side and he was just like bobbing his head for like half a verse and everything. And he just like every now and then Oxycontin, like, you know, it's just like, bro, you're trash. Like, is this really it? And like people were getting high for it. It's just like that. That's one thing that really irks me. I hate uh, karaoke rappers. Like that's one thing that always gets to me. Like maybe like if you're doing a solo, have a few ad libs, that's totally understandable. But if you're having your full song back backed up, like, come on, man. Yeah, that I think that's another thing that uh, up and coming musicians or hip hop acts should know is I've been to a couple of shows just helping my uh, Jeff, my audio engineer, like do whatever he needs, like whether it's moving stands or whatever. And we get these hip hop acts that come up and it's like, hey, do you have your beat to cue or whatever and they hand us their cd like they go to the merch table and pull a cd and hand it to us and then they just basically lip sync to the cd and it's like yeah this isn't a live performance i'd almost rather just have you sit here and go acapella without the music right you know and that was something i experienced a lot on tour so 
funny story. Uh, so we probably got every form of media on tour, like CDs. The craziest one, somebody legit had to go to their messenger and play it off of Facebook, <laughs> from Facebook Messenger. That was that was like the saddest thing I ever seen. I'm like, bro, you don't have a USB, you don't have anything, like yeah. No, just play, just play it off my my Facebook, and it's just like, bro, that's not how it works though. <laughs> like, yeah. that's funny. Oh man, and but it, like then towards the end of the show, uh, we had one of the guys came up. He was like, dude, all I have is my instrumental. Is that gonna be all right? It's like that's how you're supposed to perform. Like the rest of these dudes don't know any better. Like you did it right, and he's like, oh, okay. And just went on and performed, and it was like, thank you, you know? Right, and I think that's what really, I think that's what's kind of taken away from good shows these days is people think they can just, people are letting their music play, and they're the background noise all of a sudden. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, I've seen that so many times, like, people weren't even, you know, like I said with Lil, uh, or Lil White, people were playing their full songs, but they were literally just, rapping their background noises like hey yeah. hey they're hey. dropping the like, ad libs yeah and it's just like bro like what is this <laughs> yeah that's funny um when you perform what's a show what's your show when like when you're doing a show not so much the um battle rapping but what's a show like for you do you have a live D or do you have a live DJ scratching for you or like what can people expect when they see you play live or perform live? Uh, well, uh, when I was on tour, uh, shout out to the LOC, but, uh, we would, cause he was doing my set every night. Cause I pretty much have a set, you know, I have my set list pretty much all chopped down and everything, all instrumentals, but, um, that was something I had to learn, too, because he's just like, hey, do you got your tracks broken down and separated? I'm just like, no, I just have them all in one set, you know? Like, that's how I've always done it. Yeah. And he was just like, oh, well, bro, like, you're working with an actual DJ now, you know? Like, if you get the tracks, like, broken down, I can, like, scratch them and mix them in, like, make it dope. So that was the lesson I had to learn. Because uh, usually out here, like, if I have Spinmaster Mugen, he'll he'll spin my tracks live. If I ask him to do a show with me, he's yeah. usually pretty down if he's free. But um, for the most part, I just have my set list. But uh, I always get hype. I try to get hype. Uh, no backgrounds except for one hook because I don't sing that hook. So yeah. I have the person who sings it on there. But um, Gotcha. No, if I have a DJ, I always let them know, like, hey, if you want to, have fun, do scratches, do beat drops, whatever you want, I will work with it, and we're going to get it popping. Yeah, nice. Um, but, yeah, as as we kind of start drawing this one to a close, because I don't want to keep occupy all your time. I know you got a huge show to prepare for tonight. Um, what no worries. I, I'm loving this interview. I appreciate it, because it's actually the – first time that i've interviewed uh it's actually not the first hip-hop act i've done we did a band out of salt lake city called house of lewis or an act out of salt lake city or provo um okay but yeah no it, it's been awesome and i wasn't quite sure where this was gonna go um what's 
I'm going to ask you a very vague question, and it's kind of one of our staple questions that we ask everybody, but it's going to be a very vague question, and I'm going to just kind of let you take it where you want to take it. Um, why, mu why music? Why music? It's just an excellent form of self-expression. Um, music's always been there for me my entire life. Uh, to me, I honestly think music makes the world go round. Uh, could you imagine movies without music, scary movies without music? Like, it just wouldn't be the same. Uh, you know, I just feel, even like in, I think when I was a senior, 11th grade, that was one of my, uh, I don't know what it's called, I'm just going to say a thesis project or something, but mm -hmm. it was just like, what you do you think has revolutionized the world? And I honestly do feel it's music. Music can make you feel every kind of emotion. It can bring you up. It can bring you down. It's just so powerful, even just like hearing a little piano tune, how much like one noise of music can affect one's mind. Yeah. It's a, it's very much a universal language. Exactly. And everyone can speak it. Yep. Like, even if you can't understand what they're saying, because it's not in a language that you speak, you know what they're feeling. Like, you know, what exactly. You get the idea of what they were going through when they wrote it. You have an idea of what they're trying to convey. You know, it's just, yeah, I agree. It's, it's everything. It's the lifeblood. And yeah, so and that's kind of what we're trying to accomplish here with Live and Amplified is, yeah, like the mainstream artists, they've already had their break and they're already cemented and solidified and their stories are already being documented. We want to make sure that even the guys or the people that are starting out or their career never goes past playing at the VFW hall or whatever. We want to make sure their story gets told. None. I appreciate it. And it really takes, you know, it takes so much and a lot of artists should appreciate you, you know, cause it's things like this out, you know, it's going to boost me up, you know, like, mm -hmm. because it's just you're helping me get my story out there too and i greatly appreciate that like 100 percent. i appreciate you giving me the time to sit down and chat uh, you know uh, not really wrapping it up yet but it's you know it's been an awesome experience and like i tell everybody especially when i'm interviewing people that i've had very little context of who they are and what they do or what their backstory is, I never know how these interviews are gonna go. Like it could go the greatest interview ever and we could sit here for three hours and chat, or it could be done in 10 minutes. You know, I've had, I've had them go both ways. No, and I definitely feel you there, but I, and I really appreciate you. You're honestly a great interviewer. Uh, I've had people just kind of just throw random questions and just not really know what to do after that. So I honestly appreciate you taking all the time and really you, and you've asked some awesome questions I've never been asked before. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, cause the, the interesting thing to me is the, and I don't want to keep going back to it, but the, the 
battle rapping because I've never interviewed a battle rapper before. So, and it's always been something very fascinating to me because, you know, growing up, I was, I was a huge fan of Eminem and the, the, the word on the street always was, Oh, he was like this amazing battle rapper. And then, so like, as YouTube spawned, you start seeing some of those videos pop up and then when you start watching those videos it starts sending you to like hollow to don charlie clips and like all them guys and yeah. all the guys that have been doing it for a really long time and who are some of the artists or some of the battle rappers that you look up to like whether they be like the big national names or somebody local who are some of the people you look up to uh it had to definitely be uh Pat Stay. He's he's my number one favorite battle rapper. Um probably him and Tay Rock. Okay. Uh, which is crazy because they're both actually like I feel very polar opposites of each other. Uh Tay Rock, he's part of the URL. He's uh, very big into the gun bars, like that's his thing. He's called the gun bar king. Okay. And for the and, people uh, Okay, go ahead. I'll I'll let you first. (laughs) No, I was going to say, for the people that don't know, what is a gun bar? So a gun bar is pretty much, you know, you're going to be referencing a gun like a, I had a gun so big, held it up like, damn, this the chopper's the size of a minivan. You know, it's pretty much you're just referencing guns, how big they are, uh, you know, using uh, similes and metaphors uh, to compare your gun to something. Gotcha. Uh, so I like his stuff. Nice. And who, or what was it? What is it about the other guy that you were mentioning? Oh, uh, Pat Stay. Why yeah. I love him, and I think he's really the number one battle rapper because uh, he has fun with it. Uh, uh, he's mentioned in a few battles. Is just like a lot of you battle rappers. You guys just get so serious. Like I can't even poke fun at you or say something because you guys will want to fight. You know, that's not what battle rap's about. You know, like you're just supposed to outdo me lyrically. You're not supposed to get all in your feelings about it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's when I really love and try to put myself like when I battle rap is just like, I can't care about what other people are going to think. Like I'm here to have fun. I'm here to spit my bars. If you don't like it and get emotional, that's on you. Like they're mm-hmm. just words. You can take it or leave it however you want. Yeah. Who are some uh, people that you're liking right now that are like just up and comers? Like you've seen them, whether it's at a show that you've performed at or you saw them on like a side stage just messing around. Who are some people you're really looking like, dang, they could be somebody in the battle rap scene? Uh, For sure. uh, My homie Marks, uh, he's one of the up and comers out here. I feel he's, he's awesome. Um, Aztec, Charlie Aztec, uh, he's really into the gun bars like i was talking about earlier uh Mm -hmm. he's over there in ontario i i like his style um psycho flores uh this guy um he's actually getting ready to oh excuse me he's getting ready to go to texas uh for a south by southwest battle rap event um he goes by mt money okay uh I, i really like his style um I wasn't like I've seen a few of his battles and to be honest it's like nothing really caught me but seeing him in person I think that really changed it for me uh 
because, you know, the energy of a room, like, I'm pretty sure same for when you go to a live show compared to hearing it on CD or watching a show, like, it's just a totally different feel, and when I seen him perform live, it was just awesome, like, he instantly made a fan, it was just like, okay, like, that's cool, like, maybe I was paying attention more because I was actually there, Yeah. Uh, but he's really good, uh, homie Spaz, uh, he's from Washington, too, but, uh, yeah, I'd definitely say probably out of those names, those are uh, as far as people I actually know, too, and as far as up-and-comers as well, I'd have to give it to uh, those homies for sure. Gotcha. What's the uh, one thing, like, because you you'd mentioned that you were did a tour, what was it, last year? And yes. then you're getting ready to do two more. What's the one thing that you learned while being out on tour that maybe has changed your, changed your perspective on the music business or maybe changed how you perform? Um, I guess one thing is just a lot of the locals really think very highly of themselves that they are better than everyone. Um, that was something I came across like at least almost every city. Like there's the one diva local who's on the show and it's just like, cause honestly, like, you know, really thought it was here cause we have a lot of divas here, but you know, yeah. It was just like, oh, you know, maybe when I hit the road, like, a lot of people would be cooler. But honestly, yeah. it was, like, the same thing, you know? Like, we'd always have that one diva who's just like, no, you got to play like this or, like, pretty much hit play on my music and then introduce me, like, yeah, very being very superstarish. And it was just like, bro, we're not even doing that for us. Like, come on now. Yeah. But uh, on a positive note, I'd have to say uh, doing the tour, it influenced me to really want to do this because uh, it was such an awesome feeling on the road and every day it was just like I want to do this for the rest of my life this is really it for me yep yep and um where's uh, so uh, this year with the the two tours that you have where's one place that you're really looking forward to play like whether because last time you played there it was such a great show or you've never played there before um that's a good one uh so for this one in october uh i kind of have two uh ones in urbana illinois i think oh. is how you uh, Urba yeah. pronounce it yep. um i really like there it was uh called the shipyard and it was like all these storage crates like ship crates and they graffitied it up put them in the alleyway and made a pretty much a whole venue in an alleyway like it was very hipster like but you know it was really cool because i never seen something like that so yeah and then uh, my second one uh probably for this tour just because i never been there florida but honestly mm -hmm. any state with like a staple food mm -hmm. i'm very excited for like last year we went to new york it was just like pizza and bagels that's yep. something i have to get <laughs> yeah Yep. Um, if when you're in Florida, if you happen to go through uh, the Tampa area, look up this dude named Gats. He's uh, he's starting to make some real waves out there. And I've met him last year at this music festival called the Gasparilla Music Festival. Okay. And and uh, we did. So if you like scroll back through our uh, Facebook page, um, there's a interview with him. Um, and like he did uh he's played in like two or three different rolling loud uh music festivals and then he just got announced for south by this year so okay. it, you know like he's doing like 
I didn't understand when I first met him because he, he was very uh, humble and it did like, I just never heard of him before. And then once I really started getting into his music and it's like, Oh, people are really looking at him like that. That's cool. You know? Perfect. I'll have to check him out. Cause I actually think we do have a show booked in Tampa if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll make sure that you two get linked up and, uh see if there's uh any way y'all can meet up and even just talk for a few minutes because i'm sure just meeting people would be you know meeting new people in new places i'm all about it exactly and that's what it's all about too is just the networking you know that's another thing i really loved about the tour i've networked with many artists like a homegirl i became super tight with she's from inglewood california so we chop it up every now and then she's getting ready to go on tour shout t da vinci and the mob you know, right. and like I said, uh, that homie, the brain cell, he, I met him uh, while I was performing in Philadelphia. He actually opened for us. And it's crazy just how small the world's connected because he actually knows someone here in Idaho who I did a feature for. So oh, it's nice. just like, and he, uh, my buddy in Idaho is saying like, oh, you need to link up with him while you're out there. And then sure enough, like, you know, he was on the show and we got a link up. So that's just really cool. Yeah. And that that's that touches on another thing that I'm really big on is not burning your bridges, um, and because you never know who you're going to be working for tomorrow, or you never know who knows, who knows who. So like in some way, exactly. karma is going to come back and bite you in the ass if you burn a bridge. So exactly, yeah. and that's why I always try to keep it all love and all mutual with people. Like I think honestly, there's only like here. Like, honestly, in my whole life, there's only, like, two or three people I just, I won't do business with, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't openly go out and, like, try and bash them or anything, but I'm not giving them no props or anything either, you know? Yeah, and that's something that's something that I had to, like, stumble across ourselves. There's really only one person that's, like, on the absolute, no, I won't ever work with them again. Uh, but I'm never going to say publicly who they are because they already know who they are and that's all that matters. Exactly. And if anyone's really close to me, like, that's the thing too. Like, cause people always try and pick at the drum, like, Oh, who is it? It's just like, if you really know me, you know who it is. I'm not yeah. going to, I don't need to go off and spout it out. Like if you guys are really my friends or know me, you know who I don't like. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, what's, uh, what's one thing you want people to know about you as, as a person, like at what, yeah. What's one thing you want people to know about you as a person? Uh, as a person is just, I, who that's, that's a really tough one too. I guess just really, I, I really do love and care for the scene of music and just people in general. And I just want to spread general happiness like so i guess that's some about me is just that i just want people to be happy you are you're just genuine and who you who people interact with at shows is who you are in real life and exactly like i'm gonna be the same in the light that i am in the dark you're not gonna get a different me pretty much ever unless i'm working or something i gotta put on my uh, customer service voice that's usually yeah. the only time i'm ever different that's <laughs> yeah, understood um what just one final question what what's the it just jumped out of my head um dang it i had it and it was gone um (laughs) 
with, um, as far as um, your re- or no, as far as the record label goes, how have they been? Uh, how how much of how, what's the experience like been like when uh, as since you've uh, signed with your label? Uh, I'd say it's really good. Um, because I've met for the most part everyone on the label because it's kind of scattered out, like uh, from California all the way to Ohio and Wisconsin. There's I feel there's like 10 artists maybe all together signed mm-hmm. under it, but um, it's been really good. I feel there's a really great support system there. Like uh, we have a group chat. If anyone's ever feeling down, we always hit each other up. Uh, features, you know, we're always trying to reach out to each other's on features. If someone needs help getting shares on their video, everyone's willing to help Jump. on that. So it's really cool. Uh, I just look at it honestly as like an extension of my family that I pretty much have here, you know, cause I know if I ask them or anything, uh, they'll do it. I think really the only thing is, it's just a, uh, they're very, a closed mouth doesn't get fed. So if you yeah. want something, you have to announce it. You can't just like shy around it. Like, yeah, I could post all day. Like, Oh, I wish someone would share this, you know? And yeah. unless I like tell them like, Hey guys, you want to help me out? You know, like, then no they'll be like, oh, yeah, no worries, you know? Yeah. No one's going to know unless you say something. Exactly. And I respect that, too, you know, because that's one thing I live by that I tell, like, coworkers, family, you know, like, don't beat around the bush with me. Like, if you need something or want to say something, you need to speak up about it or I'm just going to, Keep you know. Keep what you're doing. Exactly. Nice. Um so what what's your upcoming show schedule looking like before you go out on tour? Is there a place that people can kind of see and support your shows or? Uh, as far as Northwest, uh, I'm getting, uh, this year I'm really focusing on, uh, hitting more into the studio. So I'm doing pretty much very limited shows. Um, okay. anyone can catch up with me, uh, on my personal Facebook or on my main page, uh, like I said earlier, I'm a very open book. Uh, I tried, if anyone messaged me, I make sure I'd write them back, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I tried to always do uh, lives too on my Facebook of people performing if I can, if I have the batteries. Gotcha. Understood. So, yeah, so I tried to keep myself, uh, as far as social media, I tried to always keep myself posting like whether it's instagram snapchat facebook uh, i try to keep in touch with everything and like i said if anyone ever wants to hit me up definitely don't be shy gotcha and the one thing you've touched on a couple times is your uh show love grow love movement and like that uh how did that get started what spawned that idea uh so what that was is a when me and my buddy were doing rhythm and rhyme, um, we were trying to do every show we could. We were trying to support support every show we could. So uh, they had a thing here, like every Thursday there was hip hop and then every Sunday there was hip hop. So we were trying to go on there. We played definitely a good lot of shows. And our buddy Ace Flow, he just moved from Texas and he had for the most part the same idea. So he was going to all the shows, like trying to get to know the locals. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually his cousin, uh, 
because you know we'd always come across each other like give each other depths like oh you're you're on this one too or uh you're performing tonight cool you know looking forward to seeing it yeah and um his cousin was actually the one who told him like hey these guys are everywhere just like you're trying to be you guys need to link up so his cousin actually like was over like hey yo my cousin's ace flow like we should all kick it sometimes you know like this and this so like as we were doing more shows we actually kicked it uh we all went over to our house one day uh or invited ace over to our house one day and he was telling us the idea he's just like you know i see you guys always supporting you're always standing at shows this and this like you know i think that's super dope i want you know that's what i do too like i had this name like I've, I've been thinking about it. It's called Show Love, Grow Love. So Ace Flow definitely had, uh, he had the origin of the name. It was just like, you know, that, that has a good ring to it. Simple, you know, and it really brings a positive message too. you know, it's just like, you know, show love and grow love. Just, yep. and that's really from there. Like, you know, he, we dropped a song together. We bought each other's merch that day. And really from there, that's how it all popped off. Awesome. And is it, it's mainly just like a, a movement that you're initiating? Is it like a company or anything? Or is it, it's just mainly a movement? It's, it's mainly just a movement. Uh, Cause that was something like on tour, like every, at the end of my set, I always, you know, have a show love, grow love chant and give my little spew on it. Like, you know, the yeah. locals here, you guys need to show love to your locals too, you know, cause you're, you know, you guys are each other's support, you know, mm -hmm. I can't support you every day, you know, I'm from a different state, but you guys need to have each other's back, you know, and like, everyone needs to just become like, unified. Yeah. Gotcha. Awesome. And then uh, that, where, or how can they, because that's also the uh, Facebook page that you? It is, we do have a Facebook page for it. Um, we have been kind of lazy on it just with ace flow he's busy with his stuff and then i got my own stuff going on yeah and our buddy he's kind of he's went more family life right now yeah. uh, so it's really hard to kind of get it so that will be something we definitely we've been talking about like we want to kind of revamp it again like every now and then like we'll share other people's thing because we hardly ever share our stuff on there we try not to just because you know, it's not about us, it's about everybody, so, yeah. you know, any artist, and it's not even just locally, any artist who hear this, uh, if you find the Show Love, Grow Love page, shoot us our, your videos or whatever, and we'll try and get them posted up, like, that's really the main thing for it, is, like, we want to kind of be, I guess, in a sense, like, we want to be a hub for local artists or anybody, just to mm -hmm. shoot us stuff, like, and we'll, we'll shoot it out and promote it best we can. Gotcha, perfect. But, um, yeah, man, I really appreciate you giving me the time. Uh, where can everybody support you? Like, what, what's your main page? What's your personal Facebook? Because you mentioned a couple times that, like, where can people reach out to you and see what you're up to? Oh, well, anybody, and thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time out of <laughs> your day. Uh, I know it's probably busy doing all the podcasts and everything, so I greatly appreciate that. Yep. Um, all the people, uh, you can find me at Dirty Shirt on Facebook, D-E-R-R-T-Y, regular shirt, uh, same as Instagram. Um, my personal Facebook is just Robbie Menard, R-O-B-B-I-E-M-E-N-A-R-D. Feel free to hit me up, shoot me a request. Um, like I said, I'm 
I'm up to talk to anybody. If you guys ever need anybody, if you guys just want to chop music up or need links, definitely hit me up. Feel free. Uh, those are my links. Uh, I'm pretty active on both of them. So yeah. Awesome. I was just going to ask which one are you more active on, but you said both of them. So yeah, uh, definitely probably my personal one. Uh, but I still, you know, I got it all on my phone. So if I get a message for my dirty shirt, Facebook page, I, I get it on my phone. So gotcha. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for giving me this time. I really appreciate it. Good luck on your battle tonight. And hopefully you come out victorious on that one. Um, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in, and we will see you guys later. Thank you, everybody, and thank you again, Tom. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, so this will release tomorrow morning. Perfect. Uh, so, like, I'll probably do, like, uh, the like the pre-record and the post-record after your battle. So shoot me a little message if you find or once you find out if you want or not so i can just kind of update the folks that'd be cool okay we'll do um, and yeah man uh if you if there's ever anything you need help promoting album tour show big show you know whatever you need let me know just hit me up no we'll do i definitely appreciate that on the real man like uh because yeah. like i said i'm always looking to network and build connections so and same to you like if you ever need anything my Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to jump on here at the end really quick, and we got a couple of bills we need to pay. Um, we want to shout out MXO Mics. You know, usually we have like a very formal read the copy type situation, but uh, stuff like this, I just want to jump on here and really tell you guys, MXOMics.com. MXO Mics are the mics that we use. It's the mics I'm currently recording on, and it is absolutely amazing. I know you guys will love it, so if you're looking for new mics, instrument mics, vocal mics, podcasting mics, conferencing mics, whatever you need, MXL has it for you. If you're going to be in Roswell, New Mexico, um, make sure you check out thelibertyinc.com. They have shows every weekend. Uh, so if you happen to be traveling through southeast New Mexico in Roswell and looking for something to do, check out thelibertyinc.com for the latest uh, shows that they have to offer. And finally, uh, every year we go to the Gasparilla Music Festival down in Tampa, Florida. Sadly, this year we won't be able to make it, but that's just life. It wasn't in the budget. I digress. But I still want to support them, make sure that everybody knows about what they're doing down there. They put on this amazing two-day festival in the middle of Tampa, which is awesome. Like the middle of the downtown area, they have this little park. It's absolutely amazing. And I, if you guys are going to be in Tampa this year, make sure you go check out the Gasparilla Music Festival. I know some of the acts I was looking forward to was De La Soul, Portugal the Man, and then they have so many other acts that I can't even name them all. I hope you guys go and check them out if you happen to be in Tampa. GasparillaMusicFestival.com. Go check it out. As always, make sure you go support Live and Amplified. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Live and Amplified. Um, that's our handle all across the board. You type that in, you should be able to find us no problem. Uh, we're on, like I would mentioned, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and even LinkedIn. 
Uh, we even have a SoundCloud page where we upload all our cover songs. And so please go check us out. And if you want to support, support us. Um, we do accept donations via the Cash App at or dollar sign live and amplified. Um, if you want to know more about that, make sure you have the information right. Make sure you reach out to us on Facebook. Um, or we have a new texting community that we are building uh if you ever have any questions or like to chat with us ask us how or ask for help promoting or just learn more about live and amplified shoot us a text at 708-254-6517 we are open all the time shoot us a message we're very responsive and we'd love to hear from you so that being said hope you guys have a great day and i will check you all later